Welcome to the Love and the Fight podcast. My name is Travis Frausinger, and we are excited to have you with us today. Relationships are all around us. They're everywhere. Healthy relationships hold the key to success in life. We want to encourage you today to fight for love. I'm joined today by my co-host, my beautiful wife, Dawn Rosinger. Hey guys, thanks for joining us. Just a little background information on Travis and I. We are actually high school sweethearts, so we've been married for a little while. Along the way, we've had the opportunity to raise two amazing kids. We love Jesus, we love people, and we absolutely love encouraging marriages. Welcome to the Loving the Fight Marriage Podcast. We are so glad to have you with us today for episode 29. It is awesome to have you guys back with us today. Hey guys, we just wanted to remind you that if this podcast has encouraged you in any way, would you consider sharing it on social media, giving us a five-star review, and telling your family and friends to listen? So today we're going to dig into the power of touch in this episode. We're going to talk about affection and how important it is for us as human beings and also for our marriages. But before we jump into that, Travis, what was the highlight of your last week? Well, it was kind of fun because you and I, as those of you that have been listening uh, last week, we were out shopping, but not like clothing (laughs) shopping. That was the week before. This last week, we were out looking for a vehicle, and we bought we one. Did. We yeah, love it. It's a it. yep. Volkswagen. It's all-wheel drive. <laughs> and we're super amped about yep. it. But I think one of the highlights beyond uh, buying a new vehicle was just holding my grandson, like our grandson, mm-hmm. Don. He's amazing. We had a chance to talk and spend time with our, our son and daughter-in-law, and then I, we had a really good friend, uh, me and, and me and my son Alex, as you know, the two of us, we were invited over to a friend named Tony's house, and he cooked us the most insanely, incredibly delicious. You guys were talking about those steaks. all night. <laughs> they must have been. Good. I haven't had that good of a steak in twenty years. It was unbelievable. So, how about you, Don? What are some of the things that stood out to you this last week? I must admit. Probably what you just said, Travis, I love seeing the kids and just being able to have coffee with oh, them and wasn't that great? hold my grandson and hear his amazing laugh and see <laughs> his beautiful smile. But this last Friday night, I got to speak at a women's event at LifePoint Church in Ames, Iowa, and I just got to encourage the ladies, love on them, and just, you know, talk to them about the story of Hagar and how God sees us. So that was, that was a lot of fun. I loved being able to be there. And it was a great trip. It was just really awesome to be able to go down and spend some time right. down there with our kids in Iowa. Another just huge highlight, I'll say it real quickly, is the snow melted. When we got home, the temps you know, are now in normal range and the snow's gone. Yeah, like, that's it's going to be in the 60s. I heard almost 70. Yeah. We'll take it. Get some heat and some sun back. Well, like we said uh, before, today we're going to talk to you about the power of touch. I think it is important subject right now because we're in the middle of a pandemic, COVID-19, and people are socially distancing and have been for over six months now. But with that, there have been no hugs, no handshakes, or even shoulder nudges or taps. We're kind of living in a touchless society. We are, yeah. And I'm I'm not a big fan of this. I don't think you are. Um, This is hard because we're both pretty affectionate people. I'm a hugger, and at a bare minimum, definitely we like to shake hands. And so are you. We're definitely feeling it, though, and missing that, that touch, that affection that we have. I was reading recently an article about this in Psychology Today, 
and they labeled this skin hunger. I thought that was kind of an interesting wow, term. It's unique. Have you ever heard of that term, Travis, skin hunger? I have not. It's new to me, that's for sure. Well, according to the article, skin hunger is both an acknowledgement that we don't get as much affection as we need and of our drive to get more. We normally associate hunger with food, don't we? Um, of course, but we don't feel hunger simply because we want food. We feel hunger because we need food. Just as we, are, we feel thirsty because we need water and tired because we need sleep. Our bodies know what they require to function properly. And research suggests that affection belongs on that list right behind food, water, and sleep. So many of us are actually suffering from skin hunger. We are in need of someone else who will love us through physical touch and affection. Yeah, it's interesting, Don, you use the word hunger. So skin yeah. hunger, and that gets my attention because yeah. you know me, I get hungry all the time, like eating food and I get hangry. So I can relate, right. you know, that's yeah. language yeah. that my brain can understand. Of course, we're talking about the power of touch and this episode, episode 29. So why does this matter, this skin hunger? Why does it matter if you suffer from skin hunger? Well, I went on to say, Don, as you said in the Psychology Today article, that people suffering from skin hunger or people who feel more affection depraved are less happy, they're more lonely, they're more likely to experience depression and stress, and really in general, they're just in worse health. It has a huge impact on people. Again, it went on to say that they have less social support and lower relationship satisfaction. They experience more mood and anxiety disorders and more secondary immune disorders. Mm. Just as a lack of food, water, and rest have their detrimental effects, so too does this lack of affection. It's crazy to see the effects of affection on us. Isn't that like, wild? Yeah. This was such an interesting article because it went on to say that a simple touch by a nurse prior to surgery can reduce stress levels in patients. On just a, a touch. Yeah. It also said that it can reduce feelings of social exclusion and even increase food intake among elderly people living in a nursing home. So given how essential social touch is to people's well-being, it is important to ensure that it is a part of everyday Mm, life, Psychology Today said. Fascinating article. So cool. To see the benefits of physical touch. I love that. And honestly, Don, as you know, I have spent hundreds, if not thousands of hours in nursing homes, just spending time with people out there. Uh, people that maybe aren't around their family all the time. And I'll never forget, so often I would talk to people and right away in the beginning, not when I would say goodbye, uh, but in the beginning, I would reach out to kind of shake their hand and they wouldn't let go. They would just hold my hand. Why? Because they're craving physical touch. Again, we're kind of living in a touchless society right now due to the pandemic and social distancing. But it has been proven over and over again that we need touch and affection. So how, how does this affect our marriages? Is affection, is it really that important? Is touch that important? Isn't it great to know that although we have social distancing guidelines going on right now, they don't include <laughs> our spouses. Like, I love that. I'm sorry yeah. I laughed early. I love that. <laughs> we can give and receive all the affection that we want. It would be terrible to have to be in our home and have to be six feet apart. I wouldn't like that. And it would be dumb. It It would would. just be dumb. (laughs) It would be terrible to have a touchless marriage or a socially distant spouse. I would would be bummed out. 
Travis, I know you're naturally, you're a very affectionate person in general or in husband. I am. Like, I think I've hugged you maybe 15 times you, today. Yeah, and you, told you how beautiful huh. you are. Uh, it, it's who I am. And you came from a very affectionate home growing up. I mean, your parents would hug and kiss and show affection. And I was just shocked when I saw that. On the other hand, I came from a home where affection was really never given or was, was shown. I never saw it. I actually kind of felt awkward when I saw other people being affectionate because it was just not a part of my life growing yeah. up. And anyway, the first 18 years. That makes sense. And it's funny how God brought us together and we grew up with completely separate scenarios at home when it comes to affection. But Travis, I know I'm super thankful that you are affectionate because you've taught me how to be affectionate and how to receive affection. And now it is one of my top love languages. You had patience with me as I learned, but you also told me that you liked affection. You communicated that with me and that it was one of your needs. I did. Yeah, absolutely. Very clearly. You did. And I knew it was important to you because you communicated it to me. And I wanted to make sure I was able to meet that need, even if I had to learn how to do this. Something that I did have to learn. Yeah. And and honestly, Don, it was really important for me to be transparent with you in that area because it is absolutely a need that I have. Yep. And when you fulfill that need or fill that need, I should say, boy, that just does so much for our marriage and the love that we have. Mm-hmm. It just grows for each other. Again, according to Psychology Today, they found that the amount of affection you express to your spouse best predicts your commitment. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? Yep. On the other side, they found the amount of affection that you receive from your partner best predicts your satisfaction. This suggests that expressing compared to receiving affection accounts for different relational benefits. So expressing affection predicts a commitment and receiving affection predicts your satisfaction. Wow, that's fascinating. <laughs> it, it really is. Some people are great, of course, at giving affection, and some people are great at receiving affection. You're good at both. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> but in marriage, we would recommend that you learn to be good at both of these, giving and receiving. And that, honestly, Don, we, um, you and I, just we, we can't encourage people more in right. this area. There's something so cool. I mean, look, think in your minds as you're listening of, of just that couple where they're like 80 years old and they're walking arm in arm mm. or they're holding hands or they kiss each other before they turn to walk away and how powerful and incredible that is. It just does so much for a relationship. So why be affectionate? Why do we seem to have a need for affection especially in our marriage relationships. Well, one of the people that I know had a huge impact on our marriage, right. personally, when we were younger, just starting out in marriage, is a guy by the name of Dr. Harley from Marriage Builders. And here's uh, something that he, he said, just a great quote from him. He said, the need for affection arises because it makes us feel secure and wanted by another individual. Affection, he says, is the proverbial glue that holds relationships together. Wow, two really powerful things that affection provides security, Don. That's what he's saying mm-hmm. in marriage. But it also is like the glue that holds relationships it together. Is. I love that. That's so insightful by Dr. Harley. I honestly must admit that this is so true, Travis, because when you come up to me and you wrap your arms around me, I feel so safe. 
and secure. It's that affection that when your arms are just wrapped at your, I'm encompassed in your arms. I love that feeling. I feel so safe and secure. Or when you grab my hand as we're driving in the car, I feel cherished and loved. I know I have talked to women, you know, in the past who are married to someone who is not affectionate at all. And they do actually feel insecure in their relationship. They feel like maybe their spouse is either embarrassed of them or not attracted to them. And you know what? Maybe that's your marriage right now. Maybe there's listeners right now. This is your marriage. So what do you do if that's you? What should you do if, you know, the affection isn't there and you you want it or you not maybe not even not sure how to give it? Yeah. And we're really, we're talking about in the marriage. Yes. Like, what do you do if your marriage is like that? I think the first thing that I would recommend you to is just take the time to let your spouse know. Communicate with them about the lack of affection and how it makes you feel and why you really need that or you want that affection. If they don't know that it's important to you, it's not going to happen. Yeah. And the way that you just phrased that was really great. We don't accuse them. We don't judge them. We don't come at them and say, you're not giving me enough affection. You just share your heart and talking about how valuable the affection is. The next step is just to listen to your spouse's response and feelings as to why they may not show affection. I know my dad, I mean, he's a perfect example. He's just not a very affectionate person. When you go to hug him, he's he's really stiff. Um, But a few years back, he actually let me know that his parents and his grandparents and his aunts and uncles, they were not affectionate towards him at all. He didn't know how to give or receive affection because it was never given to him. And so he didn't know how to just give it back. And that makes sense to me why he wasn't affectionate with us kids. Yeah. And and we're talking about the power of touch, affection. So third, we would want to encourage all of you listening, teach your spouse how to give or to receive affection. And often there are, like you just mentioned, there are, you might be married to someone who just didn't learn that growing up. It Mm -hmm. might be easy for you and be more natural, but more uncomfortable or awkward for your spouse. So take the time, teach them, not only teach them like through your own action and what you do uh, to them that's affectionate, but also talk them through what you like as far as affection. You know, maybe you like your your neck massaged or maybe um, you like them to run their fingers through your hair, whatever that is, clearly um, communicate to teach them, right? I know Fourth, one of the, really quick, Trev, just one of the ways that you taught me is I just watched how you were affectionate with me. I saw how you would hug me or hold my hand or, you know, rub my arm. I literally just watched it you know, your affection. And I just tried to, honestly, I mimicked it. I copied it until it became more natural for me. Yeah, that's, that's great. The fourth thing that we would suggest is never forget affection communicates love. It does. It really Mm -hmm. does. So me as a person, if I am just totally dialed into myself and it's all about me, life, my marriage, everything is all about me. I might not choose to be affectionate. But if I start to think, wait a second, there are two people in this marriage Hmm. and I want to communicate love, man, affection is one of the best ways. Again, going back to Dr. Harley, it's the glue that bonds us together. And so I need to remember that, Don, that as I'm affectionate to you, it is communicating. I love you not only with my words, but with Hmm. my actions. Lastly, we would suggest in the area of the power of physical touch is have patience. Yeah. 
This won't change overnight in a marriage, if it's a touchless marriage or a socially distanced marriage, but give it time and keep working on it and it will slowly begin to change. Hang in there. Don't (laughs) give up. Uh, It's time to feed that skin hunger. Skin hunger is both a feeling and a need. And the only way it can be met is by giving and receiving affection and touch. Remember, we are not limited. It doesn't matter what governor or what president or whatever says, you know, we can or can't be together or have affection. In marriage, (laughs) there's no limits. We can do anything we want. We don't need to social distance. Hugging, kissing, hand-holding, cuddling, slow dancing dancing in in your kitchen (laughs) are all very acceptable and highly encouraged. And they help other areas of your marriage. Along with all the other health benefits of affection, it will truly strengthen your marriage and be a glue that holds you together. And I think that's the key, Trav. It it will strengthen your marriage. And for us, it is a glue that holds us together. It is, yeah. And I appreciate that. Well, we just want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Loving the Fight Marriage Podcast. Remember, guys, you can do it. You've got this. Keep loving the fight. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Love in the Fight Marriage Podcast. If this podcast encouraged you, then be sure to share it with others that you care about through your Facebook page, Instagram, or other social media channels. Please hit the subscribe button if you have not subscribed, and please click like and leave us a review. Tell us what you think. For more conversations about marriage and what it takes to make sure that you are loving the fight, visit us at lovingthefight.com. See you next time.